Welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. It's so nice to see you all this morning. You know, there is definitely a divide in this church. There's a few people that sit up in the front. But, you know, the real Lutherans are in the back. Because they know you've got to come early to sit in the back. So, And they're here. Well, today is the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. And in today's Gospel, we hear Jesus say, Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? More on that in today's lesson. Any visitors with us today for the first or second time visiting? No? Okay, good. A couple of announcements real quick. September 11th is God's work, our hands in this church. So between services, we're going to be doing some of God's work in the, uh, the ministry center or in the um, uh, Perry Hall. So make sure that you stick around because it'll be right after your service, and that will be September 11th. A couple of words I want to say about the call committee. Uh, I just wanted to let you get some feedback from me on the call committee itself. It is a cumbersome process. It is not meant to go fast. It is meant to take its own time, whatever that is. So you have to be patient as far as the call committee goes because it is something that will take time. You've got to let it take its time. Be patient with it. It's going to work. It's the, whole, it's the Holy Spirit. It's not us. You see? I think I'm a little hot on the microphone. Let me turn me down a little bit. There you go. Yeah, so let the call committee happen. That's all I want to say about that. After a second service next week, we will have a celebration of life uh, for Sean Kelly, uh, the son of Deborah Kelly. So that will be right after second service next week. Reminder that in two weeks, on August 28th, we'll only have one service. That's 10 a.m. service. Are you raising your hand, Joyce? Oh, I thought you were raising your hand. <laughs> You're like this. I said, oh, she must want to say something about that. All right, so uh, just so that we will have a funeral service for, for Sean Kelly, son of Deborah Kelly, and that's right after second service next week. Reminder that in two weeks we have uh, uh, only one service, and we're going to have, and that's at 10 o'clock, and then afterwards we're going to have an ice cream social. And one of the things I heard this past week or so, t last 10 days, well, why are we having these, you know, socials and stuff like that if, you know, money is tight, etc.? We have to do those things. We have to bring people into the church. No matter how we do it, you know, the church has many doors. And we have to find which door we're we going to open and let people in through. So that's why we're doing whatever we can to, to increase our membership on Sunday morning. A couple of words about communion. I've seen many iterations of <laughs> how we're giving out communion, but this is the way it should be. Both sides can come up for communion at the same time. I know that's a shock to this side. So just let it happen and it'll be okay. You both can come up and you know, go to the different uh, uh, communion rails and wait there for communion to occur. Now sometimes even the pastor messes that up. So just all be patient with the new way we're getting communion. Uh, our nursery uh, on Sunday morning has been staffed by Alyssa and her son for the past couple of months. And uh, she is, this, today is her last day. Her husband is in the military and they're going to Fort Bragg to live. And uh, so we wish them the best. We are 
in the process of trying to replace her, but this is her last day today. So if you get a chance to see her, wish her a fond uh, farewell and thank her husband for his service. We did have a death in the church uh, last, I'm going to say last week. Roger Strong passed away, and uh, we ask you to pray for his wife, Lisa, and uh, uh, send your blessings to them. We still need some sign-ups for fellowship, and also for the 28th, for the ice cream social, we need people to sign up for those things. Okay, with that said, let us prepare our hearts for service. Please rise, if you can, face the baptismal font where we began our life as Christians. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ, was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. All right, we tried this one last week. I got everybody clapping, so let's see if we can do it again. Good and your mercy endure it forever. 
This next one. This one has been around for a long time. Leslie, you gonna start?
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Oh, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, believe me, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory, for Jesus Christ, only Son of the together. O oh God, judge eternal, you love justice and hate oppression, and you call us to share your zeal for truth. Give us courage to take our stand with all victims of bloodshed and greed, and following your servants and prophets, to look to the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading is from Jeremiah, chapter 23. Am I a God nearby, says the Lord, and not a God far off? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long? Will the hearts of the prophets ever turn back? Those who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart, they plan to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, just as their ancestors forgot my name for Baal. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let the one who has my word speak my word faithfully. 
What has straw in common with wheat, says the Lord? Is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? The word of the Lord. The second reading is from Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if they were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the the spies in peace. And what more should I say? From time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better, so they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. The word of the Lord. According to St. Luke. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I've come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two, and two against three, they will be divided. Father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, 
mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? This is the gospel of the Lord. Be seated. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Grace, peace, and love from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I was really troubled about doing a sermon on this gospel. You know, it's not easy all the time to come up with an idea for a sermon that fits the gospel that you have to preach. And this is one of them. Uh, I go to Bible and a Biscuit on Tuesday mornings, led by Guy over here, and it's, it's really great for the men. Um, I get, is everybody invited? Or just men? Oh, just for men? Uh-oh, we're in trouble. But anyway, one of the things that we discussed this past Tuesday was the difficulty in preaching this gospel. So I had lunch with a friend of mine who's a pastor. In fact, he preaches here occasionally, Pastor uh, Jim Lockley. And he said, just change, just change it. I said, just change it. He says, yeah, just put some other gospel in there and preach on that, which we can do, which we can do. But I felt that something had to be said about this gospel. So here goes. Here goes nothing. So I ask, how do we interpret the present time? How are we even in the present? It brought me to think about Jesus' question, do you know how to interpret the present time? What is it about us that we seem to not connect to what is happening around us? We seem more dependent on the 24-hour news cycle to tell us what they want us to know. Don't believe what you see, believe what I'm telling you. That's what we get from that cycle. Recently, though, I watched a movie called Don't Look Up. It's on Netflix, and it's, I thought it was a very good reading uh, movie. My wife didn't like it. We argued about it for two days. And it is a movie where astronomers have discovered that a comet was hurtling through space and was destined to hit the Earth with devastating power that would eliminate all life on the planet. Despite the dire warnings, everyone who was involved with their own agenda and not accepting that the world would come to an end in 60 days, 10 hours, and 58 minutes. They were so distracted by their own life and their own agenda that even the President of the United States leaves behind her son when trying to escape on a rocket ship to safe haven. So it's really a goofy movie. But brothers and sisters, what this movie does show is that we get distracted. And that's my theme for today. We do, we get distracted. I think about why did Jesus come at the time that he did come? 
Why did he choose that time? And I think it's because there is really no difference from the people of that time to future generations, to us today. We are the same as those people. So coming at that time was just like coming at this time. And people, we get distracted. In fact, I'll speak for myself and tell you that believe it or not, a 40 or 50 or 60 or 70-something year old pastors can get distracted. Impossible, you might say. It's possible. Just this past week, when I started my car, a message came up on the dash with bells ringing, beeping. It said, change oil now. I was surprised. I didn't think it was time. And I was struck by the way the message read, change oil now. Not it's time to change your oil, mister. Or this is just a reminder that it's time to change your oil. No, change it now. Why? Because we are so easily distracted away from those messages. It distracted me, and that was probably the intent all during that last week. It occupied my thoughts, intruding on my work, until I called the dealer and made an appointment to take the car in for service. We live in a world where there are so many things that can sidetrack us. We're like uh, Labrador retrievers. The littlest thing can distract us. Look, there's a squirrel. Aha, did I get you any money? But it's just like what we are. And as the world gets more technological, we are further distracted. And I will say that public enemy number one in our distracted world is your cell phone. Slash iPhone. Slash instant messenger slash email, slash Facebook, slash Twitter, slash who the heck is trying to friend me, this phone is a major source of our distractions every day. You know that while people are driving, they're texting? And a lot of us, we're talking on the phone and driving. You know what I'm talking about over here, right? Is anyone guilty? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're guilty. Pray for her. <laughs> and even in church, people are on their cell phone. Pastor Nick, excuse me, this is important. I have to take this call. I have to answer this email. This is business. This is money. I have to take it. And brothers and sisters, the things like phones and iPads are not bad, and they are useful, but many seem to be distracted by them from family, from church, and God. And to be clear, it's just not technology, but all is compounded by the worries of life, the quest for a comfortable life, the cares of this world. When, are we, when and where did this happen? When did it change? The sad fact is that this behavior is nothing new. And yes, it seems new, but distraction has been the bane of our existence probably since time immemorial. And today we hear about it from Jesus. Jesus is preaching a dynamic sermon. He's predicting the coming of fire and division, that those who follow him will be faced with persecutions. 
that if one house believes in him, it will be a house divided or a neighborhood divided or a family divided. But it seems that we can't focus. We are distracted from the message. We're not listening or certainly not paying attention and we're not in the moment. Oh, in the moment. How great it would be if we could all be in the moment with Jesus. Seeing things in our environment that are about Jesus and get in that moment in the environment. See the things that are happening in this church. You know, Jesus is just not in this church. Jesus is everywhere. Do we get in a moment with Jesus when he is someplace else other than church? Or are things in church reminding us of Jesus to get deeper in the moment? I heard something that the choir was singing this morning in their first hymn. They kept saying, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Am I right? Yes, you are. What happened, though, in my head was that Yeshua became Yeshua. Yeshua, that was Jesus' name in Aramaic. And so that's what I thought you were singing. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. But it was yes, you are. But I got, it got me in the moment. It got me in the moment. Yeshua. Yes, Jesus, we're here, Yeshua. And I think of Martha and Mary. We just talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Jesus is in their home and Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, which is a metaphor of someone paying close attention to what is being said. Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet while Martha is busy with the meal preparation and the house business. And remember, Martha complains to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister is leaving all the work to me? Tell her to help me. Martha is distracted. Martha is distracted. Mary is focused. Jesus says to Martha, 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 you're worried and upset about many things. Oh, Martha, Martha. And you know when someone who is your elder says to you, calls you by your, your name twice, that it's probably not that good. It's like your parents when they called you by your first and last name when you were young. It wasn't too bad for me because by the time they said my whole name, I was already out of the house. But Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Jesus uses another phrase and says to Martha, only one thing is needed, and that is the one thing that Mary has chosen, to be in the moment with Jesus. To be in the moment. So let me offer some remedy to allow us to focus better on the message, on the moment. Look for the moment. First and foremost, look for the moment. Be on the lookout for a moment with Jesus, where Jesus is revealing himself, and get in that moment as soon as you can. Second, we have to learn to discern those moments when they come. We have to learn to see how extraordinary God is in the ordinary of everyday life. Do you see God in everyday life? Third, we have to be able to slow down and be open to receive God's message. Be still, be present in those moments with God. We must be willing to throw away our own agenda or whatever tasks get in the way and truly be there with him. 
my brothers and sisters. Live in the now. Live in the moment. Jesus wants you there. He's waiting. Because he loves you. And so do I. Amen. confess our faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, 
eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true mind, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us, so we are bold to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. For your church, God of grace, hear our prayer. For the earth, God of grace, hear our prayer. For those who are in need of food, shelter, and a safe environment. God of grace, hear our prayer. For the sick, especially Susan Bayman, Janice Daly, Gay Green, Alberta Holden, Paul Letts, Mary Lou Schofield, Lisa Strong, Bill Sutton, Ron Wagner, Leo Schusler, Kathy Lear, John Daly, Nancy McKean, and those on our lips and in our hearts. God of grace, hear our prayer. We praise you for those saints who have gone before us. God of grace, hear our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these in all of our prayers to you in confidence and faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Share with one another a sign of Christ's peace. Peace be with you, brother. The Lord be with you.
that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you. Almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Almighty and merciful God, you are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you.
Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Through this meal, you have bandaged our wounds and fed us with your mercy. Now send us forth to live for others, both friend and stranger, that all may come to know your love. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Mighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever.
Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.